0: There are many ghost stories that might leave a listener mystified, and there are some that may leave a listener amused. Others make us scratch our heads and ask, isn't that strange, or what are the odds? While many stories are easily debunked or explained by natural phenomena, other stories, such as the haunting of the Titus homestead in Luzerne County, seem to provide irrefutable evidence that the dead don't always stay in their graves. First settled in 1769, Plymouth was an early pioneer settlement in the Wyoming Valley of northeastern Pennsylvania. Its location along the Susquehanna River and at the junction of several important Indian trails made Plymouth the ideal location for a trading post. When coal was discovered in the area in the early 19th century, Plymouth, like its neighbor, Wilkesbury, became a thriving mining town. One miner who lived in Plymouth was Dennis Titus, who was one of three miners killed in October of 1885 when a Delaware and Hudson mine collapsed. He left behind a daughter, Cora, and a widow, Mary, who remained in a family home on Vine Street until 1900 when she remarried and moved out of town. Although four generations of the Titus family lived on this homestead, the name of the original owner has been lost to history. It was said to be one of the oldest houses in Plymouth and had been constructed before the time of the Revolutionary War. In May of 1897, Mary Titus, who had been living inside the house with her daughter ever since her husband's death twelve years earlier, began experiencing strange and peculiar happenings inside the home. Strange knocking sounds were heard throughout the house at all hours of the day and night. These sounds seemed to emanate from the basement. Yet, whenever Mary or Cora descended the creaking wooden stairs, the knocking would cease and they would find the cellar completely empty. first, Mary attributed this knocking and pounding to some natural cause, like the settling of the house on its foundation. But when visitors heard the knocking sounds, they were immediately frightened out of their wits. The knocks seemed to be coming up through the floorboards, and guests swore they could feel the pounding in the soles of their feet. No, this was not the sound of a house settling, of that they were certain. Neighbors would witness the knockings and rappings inside the Titus home, thought they had found a supernatural explanation when it was learned that the strange sounds began shortly after company officials reopened the portion of the mine where Dennis Titus had met his death. Some of the miners visited the house on Vine Street to hear the eerie sounds for themselves, and many said that the knocks were identical to those heard down in the mines when workers were entombed after a cave-in. Mary, however, did not buy this explanation. Her husband's body had been recovered from the mine and given a proper burial, and whomever, or whatever, was haunting the Titus home seemed to have little interest in the widow. The unwelcome entity seemed to have a peculiar fascination with Mary's daughter, Cora. It was reported that Cora had been subject to fits of hysterics ever since the knocking began and had been afflicted by that terrible disease known as St. Vitus's Dance, which causes the victims to twitch and jerk uncontrollably. Cora also claimed that she had seen the ghost and it had followed her from room to room. Mary Titus, however, eventually came to believe that Cora's malady might actually explain the tapping noises. One day, while sitting at the kitchen table, there came the sudden sound of tapping beneath the floor. Mary noticed that the tapping sound had been created by the involuntary twitching of her daughter's foot. The mystery, it seemed, had a perfectly rational explanation. Today, we know that St. Vitus's dance is not caused by demonic possession or supernatural forces, but stems from a specific type of childhood bacterial infection. Eighty percent of cases involve patients between the ages of 7 and 11, and it is exceedingly rare in persons over the age of 16. However, Cora was nearly 20 years of age when she first began experiencing these convulsions, and this would not explain why numerous witnesses heard knocking and pounding noises even when Cora wasn't present. Mary Titus eventually remarried and moved out of the neighborhood, settling into a new home on Courtright Street in a nearby village of Plains. Her daughter, Cora, also got married and moved to Courtright Street, leaving the Titus homestead abandoned and stories of the haunted house forgotten. That is, until 1903. In March of that year, A group of young boys were playing inside the abandoned Titus home. They were digging holes in the dirt floor of the cellar when they noticed a chunk of wood sticking out of the ground by the building's foundation. Further digging revealed that it was a wooden box about three feet in length and one foot in width. With thoughts of buried treasure in their curious minds, the young boys pried open the lid and found a bundle of bones inside. Rather than being frightened, the youngsters were disappointed. One of the boys thought the relics might be worth something, so they gathered up several of the bones and approached a local junk dealer, who gave the children a few pennies. The boys immediately ran off to buy candy. The junk man showed the bones to Dr. C. L. Ashley, who recognized one of the fragments as a piece of human breastbone. When authorities arrived on the scene, they found the bones to be so brittle they practically crumbled at the lightest touch. It was believed that the house had been built atop a long-forgotten burial ground of a centuries-old homestead. Dr. Ashley concluded that the bones were those of a male, most likely between the age of 15 and 50. But they also made another interesting discovery. Over the years, as the house settled, part of the foundation had settled upon the lid of the wooden box, causing it to break. Is it possible that the knocking sounds heard by Mary and Cora and dozens of visitors to the Titus home were caused by a spirit who was unable to rest in peace after the foundation of the house broke through its coffin? How else does one explain the coincidental timing of the settling of the house, the smashing of the coffin and a subsequent deluge of mysterious knocking sounds that terrified friends and neighbors? As strange as it may seem, this is the only explanation that seems to make sense. Obviously, four generations of the Titus family had no idea they were living on top of a gravesite, which rules out the possibility of a hoax and adds credibility to the haunting. Today, Vine Street is a quiet, peaceful neighborhood, lined with homes built during the anthracite coal boom of the early 20th century, and it leads one to wonder, were any of these homes built atop the bones of a long-forgotten settler? For all anybody knows, there just might be somebody living in Plymouth right now who has a skeleton buried in their backyard or under the floorboards of their home. So big